In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this morning, in response to the reading of this Passion text, I would like to look at a person who has a key role in this story, but perhaps is not often preached on or often understood. Of course, I mean Judas Iscariot, the one who betrays Christ. But I think as we read this text, the question becomes, why is Judas so unique? Judas isn't exactly the only one to betray Christ. In fact, as we hear in this story, the disciples will become Jesus' apostles, also betray him. The disciple who will become the chief apostle, the great preacher, St. Peter, he also betrays Jesus. In fact, Peter is told that he will betray Jesus by the Lord himself, and that he will do so that very night. And of course, Peter objects, but as we see, he does deny Christ, not only once, but three times. Peter abandons Christ in the hour of his greatest need. So what exactly makes Judas different from Peter? We also know from the Gospels, and especially from the Gospel of Matthew that we just read, that both men feel badly about their sins. In fact, Matthew gives us a detailed picture of Judas's contrition, of feeling sorry for his sins. Judas originally accepts 30 pieces of silver for betraying Christ. But Matthew tells us that when Judas sees that Jesus is to be condemned and crucified, he repents. He then tries to give back the money to the priest. He feels badly. He knows that he is guilty of sin. He feels the accusation of the law acutely because he knows that he's betrayed an innocent man. And so Matthew tells us that Judas goes back to the temple, back to the priest, and he confesses his sins to them. And that's interesting, because what's supposed to happen in the temple? What are priests supposed to be doing there? They're supposed to be there offering the forgiveness of sins. They're supposed to be there making atonements and sacrifices for the sins of the people. And at the temple and with the priest, that's exactly where a man like Judas is supposed to find the promise of forgiveness. But that's not what he gets. The priests there tell Judas to get lost. They're not going to absolve him. In fact, they don't care what happens to him. They say to him, see to it yourself. Deal with your own problems. Deal with your own guilt. And without that word of forgiveness, that word of promise, without the forgiveness of sins, Judas despairs. And in his despair, he ends his own life. And all of that, what was missing for Judas? Because it wasn't that he didn't feel bad for his sins, he did. He felt badly enough to end his life. Now Judas had nothing to trust. That is to say, he had no faith. He had no preacher to come to him and to tell him that his sins were forgiven. He did not put his faith into the one who could forgive his sins, Jesus Christ. And so he had no salvation. And in that, we see the key difference between Judas and Peter. Peter is no less a sinner than Judas. He did not act more courageously than Judas when the rubber met the road. He ran away from Jesus. Even after the resurrection, Peter is locked in a room, afraid of what's going to happen next. He's afraid that either he will be arrested. He's afraid that Jesus is going to come and judge him. All of his bravado all of the strength that he projected to the world, we see that it's all 
false, that he himself was scared. And in his, in his fear, he denies Christ. And so what's the difference there between Judas and Peter? Well, the difference is, is after the resurrection, Peter receives a word of forgiveness. Christ comes to him and gives him that word of peace. Christ reconciles himself to Peter. That's the difference. Peter has a preacher. Peter has someone who absolves him, who gives him the promise of the forgiveness of sins. Peter has someone who gives him the gift of faith, who gives him the very word that creates faith in his heart. This is the word that gives the heart something to trust and hold on to. And so this word of forgiveness creates faith in the heart as it does in Peter's heart. On Palm Sunday and Passion Sunday, that we sometimes call it, as we enter into Holy Week, we remember that Christ has come to be your Savior. He rides on a donkey, enters into Jerusalem. He will be betrayed and crucified so that he can save you from your sins. In fact, he does all of this to bear your sins. And because he does this to bear your, bear your sins, he gives you this word of promise. He promises, like he does to Peter, that your sins are forgiven. He has taken them from you. And so when we read the whole Passion text, we should see that we are no less sinners than Judas or Peter. Had we been there with Christ, we would have abandoned him. We would have betrayed him too. Let's not delude ourselves to think that in that moment, we would have acted better than Peter. We're not morally better than the disciples were. What makes you like Peter and not like Judas, however, is that you have the word of the gospel. You have the forgiveness of sins. That's what this week is all about. This week is all about the gospel that Christ has come to bear your sins. They are forgiven. And so you do not need to despair like Judas because you are a sinner. You do not need to despair because you have sinned against Christ, because you would have denied him or because you have denied him. No, you do not need to despair. When you come to church, you will not be told to figure it out yourself. Instead, you will be absolved by the word of Christ. By his word, you will be given the gospel, the good news. And that is what we receive this week. We receive the gospel. Your sins are forgiven. Amen.